Scott Singer, and you are now tuned into Biofuels Daily. It is Wednesday, December 18th. Always remember, old chemists never die. They just stop reacting. Now to today's top stories. Our first story today comes out of Haverhill, Massachusetts. A family-owned, veteran-operated fuel company, Broco Oil, has been contracted to provide heating oil for use in Boston City-owned buildings, including firehouses, police stations, and other municipal facilities. As an active fire captain, I'm personally honored to be able to serve these sites that play a vital role in protecting our communities. Broco Oil's heating oil is a B20 BioHeat fuel blend containing 20% biodiesel, a renewable liquid fuel that significantly reduces greenhouse gas emissions compared with petroleum-based diesel fuel and heating oil. Through a partnership announced in May 2019, Broco Oil purchases its biodiesel from Renewable Energy Group, also known as REG. The fuel is transported via rail from REG's Midwest production facilities to Broco's rail-connected bulk plant in Haverhill, Massachusetts, where it is stored, blended on demand, and sold to commercial customers. Broco Oil also has its own fleet of trucks that deliver blended B20 bioheat fuel for residential and commercial use. Under the terms of Broco Oil's contract with the City of Boston, the company will deliver heating oil to sites maintained and operated by the following city departments, fire, parks, and recreation, police, property management, public schools, public works, and transportation. Broco Oil has been contracted for one year, beginning November 1, 2019. The company completed its first contracted delivery on November 6, 2019, for the Public Works Department's Andrew McArdle Bridgehouse in East Boston. This is great news for REG. Broco Oil and the City of Boston, said Gary Har, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at REG. REG is excited to partner with Broco to deliver high-quality, lower-carbon fuel options that can safely and effectively reduce Boston's building greenhouse gas emissions. The contract calls for Broco to deliver an estimated annual volume of 90,000 gallons of heating oil. At B20, this will reduce the city of Boston's carbon dioxide equivalent building emissions <clears throat> by 322,560 pounds, the equivalent greenhouse gas emissions of 357,728 passenger vehicle miles, according to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. We are proud to partner with the city of Boston to provide bioheat fuel blends for its firehouses and other municipal buildings, said Robert Brown, owner of Broco Oil. As an active fire captain, I am personally honored to be able to serve these sites that play a vital role in protecting our communities. For more information, visit regi.com and brocooil.com. A little background on Broco Oil. Broco Oil Inc. is a certified veteran-owned DBE Massachusetts-based distributor of petroleum products, lubricants, and propane for commercial, industrial, marine, and residential applications. Established in 2007 by Robert, a U.S. Navy CB veteran, and Angela Brown, Broco currently has an active customer base of 15,000 commercial and residential accounts in the greater Boston area with specialty emergency and disaster relief services throughout New England and along the East Coast. Their Haverhill, Massachusetts headquarters offer two rail-served terminals capable of transloading petroleum, steel, and various other bulk liquids and dry goods. Broco Oil is the proud recipient of the 2019 SBA Veteran-Owned Business of the Year. A little background about Renewable Energy Group. Renewable Energy Group, also known on the NASDAQ as REGI, is leading the energy industry transition to sustainability by transforming 
renewable resources into high quality cleaner fuels. REG is an international producer of cleaner fuels and North America's largest producer of biodiesel. REG solutions are alternatives for petroleum diesel and produce significantly lower carbon emissions. REG utilizes an integrated procurement, distribution, and logistics network to operate 14 biorefineries in the U.S. and Europe. In 2018, REG produced 502 million gallons of cleaner fuel, delivering over 4 million metric tons of carbon reduction. REG is meeting the growing global demand for lower carbon fuels and leading the way to a more sustainable future. Our second story of the day comes out of Cuaba, Brazil. Chinese commodities trader Kafco, Brazilian grains group A. Maggi, and a Shell Cosin joint venture are working on plans to build their first corn ethanol plants in Brazil, according to their suppliers, breaking sugarcane's lock on the biofuel locally. The wave of fresh interest from some of the world's biggest energy and grains players suggests corn ethanol is ready for the big time in Brazil, where sugarcane has been virtually the only source of ethanol and the world's number two producer of biofuel. The impact of commodity markets could be far-reaching as new plants challenge U.S. ethanol for sales in northeast Brazil and dent corn exports, exports, which grew fourfold in the past decade. Few expected such an avalanche of investment two years ago at the launch of a pilot project producing corn ethanol in Brazil's top grain state of Mato Grosso, but its profitability has sparked a wave of copycats. The fresh interest from Kafco, A. Maggie, and the world's number one sugar producer, Raisin, co-owned by Royal Dutch, Royal Dutch Shell and Cosin SA, could quickly ramp up Brazil's nascent corn ethanol industry. The country, sorry guys, the country already has eight plants converting the grain into biofuel, plus six under construction and at least seven more in design phase. By comparison, Brazil has 349 plants producing ethanol from sugarcane, according to the country's agriculture ministry. UNEM in association UNEM, an association representing corn ethanol makers in Brazil, estimates annual investments of around 2 billion uh, REAs or $476.6 million in plants in the next eight years. It sees total ethanol output at 8 billion liters and total DDGs, also known as dry distillers grains, producing at 6 million tons per year by 2028. Products that currently would sell for a combined 20 billion uh, Rias or 3.71 billion pounds. DDGs are a byproduct of corn processing that are that is increasingly used in animal feed. Although some traditional cane-based operations have met the trend with skepticism, several embraced so-called flex projects using both corn and cane as raw materials depending on the time of year, a model that offers financial and environmental benefits. But corn ethanol remains competitive against sugarcane only when produced in areas with ample and low-priced corn supplies, such as Mato Grosso. The new ethanol plants aim to make more profitable use of Brazil's growing corn output, which has surged as farmers learn to squeeze both a soy and a corn crop out of the same fields in a single year, with help from the tropical climate. Although it has been hard to export that corn profitability from some corners of Brazil, ethanol production may open up markets with higher margins, said people involved in studies. Ethanol prices hit a record high in Brazil the last two weeks above 2 reais per liter or $1.86 per gallon priced at the mill gate before tax. And a new federal program stimulating biofuels consumption called Renova Bio goes into effect later this month. An engineer working for Kafco on a large 1.2 billion liter per year corn ethanol plant 
in Zhaodong, China. So the commodities trader, which operates four cane-based sugar and ethanol facilities in Brazil, is looking at corn ethanol in Mato Grosso. We talked about the possibility of making a similar project in Brazil. They're evaluating, said the engineer, who asked for anonymity because discussions are private. Another source, a Kafka supplier in Brazil, said the trader's management was looking to build a corn ethanol plant near its Rondonopolis soy crusher in Mato Grosso. That Kafka site has a railway that could take fuel to Brazil's biggest consumer market in the country's southeast. Unfortunately, we are not able to comment on any initiatives yet, said a Kafka spokesman when asked about the plans. Raisin has also held talks with equipment suppliers to evaluate an investment, according to one of them. We've met with, four, we've met with them four times just outside Sao Paulo, but they haven't decided yet, said Peter Magenti, sales director for Kansas-based plant builder Lucas E3. Raisin initially denied plans for corn ethanol production in Brazil. When asked about the meetings with suppliers, however, a Raisin representative said the company was aligned with market trends to make investments in renewable energy that answer long-term environmental needs. A fourth source who works for a European company that offers engineering services for grain processing plants said Amagi is also working on a corn ethanol project. Amagi, the largest Brazilian grain trader, which owns three soy crushing plants and is partnered with Bunge LTD to transport soy and corn down the Amazon River and its tributaries, said it could not comment on a potential corn ethanol project. A spokesman said a Maggie would soon make an announcement on its biofuel plans. Ricardo Tomzik, the former head of UNIM, took an executive role at a Maggie a month ago. Our third and final story today comes out of Nebraska. In a December 6th ruling, the Nebraska Supreme Court affirmed a February 2019 ruling by the Tax Equalization and Review Commission that lowered the property valuation of Madrid Ethanol Plant for 2017. Perkins County initially assessed the property value of the plant at $16 million. Owners of the plant, Wheatland Industries LLC, Mid-America Agri-Products, appealed that value to the County Board of adjustment, which is comprised of the three county commissioners. The county board confirmed that $16 million, $16 million value set by the county assessor. In June 2017, Wheatland appealed that decision to Turk. The Turk appealed hearing was not held until June 2018. On February 27, 2019, Turk ruled in favor of Wheatland, dropping the valuation to $7 million. Perkins County then filed an appeal with the Nebraska Court of Appeals saying Turk Air erred in their ruling. Instead, the Nebraska Supreme Court took up the case directly. The High Court turned the case around in five re weeks, releasing their ruling December 6th. Steve Tucker, chair of the Perkins County Commissioners, said this means the county will have to refund around $18,000 in taxes already paid in 2018 by Wheatland. Perkins County Schools Superintendent Philip Piquet said they know they will be responsible for a payment of taxes as well. However, he didn't have the figure right at hand during Monday's school board meeting. The plant's 2018 and 2019 assessed valuation, also at $16 million, has already been appealed by Wheatland to Turk. In the High Court's decision, written by Judge William B. Castle, they said Wheatland has shown sufficient evidence based on appraisal practices to justify Turk's ruling. Wheatland's appraisal, appraiser Joseph Calvinico, had appraised the ethanol plant in Furness County twice which is almost a mere copy of the Madrid plant. The value he arrived at for the Furness County was $9 million, which included 200 more acres than the Madrid plant. 
During the Turk hearing, Calvinico noted the appraisal method used by Perkins County's appraiser and assessor Peggy Burton did not account for any physical or functional depreciation. He also contended there was about a 40% decrease in the number of ethanol plants in Nebraska, which devalued the economic value of the plant by 40%. With those elements applied, he put the assessed valuation of the Madrid plant at $6.8 million. Turk said Perkins County acknowledged some physical depreciation should be attributed to the plant. However, no evidence was presented to show how much value that represented. In a spreadsheet presented by Burton at the hearing, she showed the Furnace County plant at half the capacity of the 40 million gallon Madrid plant. That error was acknowledged during the hearing. When asked, Burton said the correct information would have changed her opinion on the value of the Madrid plant, but she didn't specify how much. The court ruled Wheatland showed sufficient evidence to substantiate a lower valuation. In addition, they said Perkins County did not provide sufficient evidence to refute the 40% economic depreciation. Castle said Wheatland showed that a plant similar to theirs valued comparably to the appraisal completed for them. The mission of the correct information on the Furnace County plan showed Perkins County's valuation was unreliable and that their valuation was unreasonable and arbitrary. Castle also wrote, Turk's consideration of economic depreciation was justifiable based on the evidence presented at the hearing. Tucker said they will contest the 2018 appeal at Turk and will present evidence to substantiate the reasoning for a higher valuation. It is unknown when the Turk heating will be held. So, let me know what you thought about today's podcast and send me an email to biofuelsdaily at gmail.com. Lastly, if you could please subscribe to my podcast and leave a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening, and remember to always go green.